know, in like 30 seconds, <laughs> tell us the meaning you would like your life to have on, you know, generations to come. No pressure. Hi, I'm Esther Boykin. And I'm Erica Turner. We're licensed marriage and family therapists. And together we run Therapy is Not a Dirty Word, a collection of workshops, retreats, happy hours, and other awesome ways, like this podcast, to bring people and therapists together in real life. With that being said, here's the podcast. So we are back with another get to know us episode this time getting to know my favorite gal erica are you ready uh maybe possibly (laughs) (laughs) my questions are so much easier than yours i'm lying i totally stole some of your questions so get ready (laughs) were my questions hard (laughs) no it was just a lot of thinking I was like, oh, do I even know how I feel? Do I even like things? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, all right. So I'm just going to dive right in. What did you do before you were a therapist? I know you did, obviously, did a lot of things, but like, what did you professionally, what what was your pre-therapy life? So pre-therapy, I was, my immediate job before was that I worked for a nursing association and I ran their conferences. And so I got to, I loved a lot of things about that job, but one was that I got to travel all across the country and I stayed in like one of the most beautiful, wonderful places in San Diego. It was amazing. And then I also still have friends from that job. So that was my first DC job 10 years ago. And I still have friends who I am close to today from that job. So, well, no, it worked out pretty well. I had to give that job up because I was reading, like, trying to download articles, like, get behind the paywall to download articles about relationships on the train. (laughs) (laughs) It felt like a sign that maybe this was not all, all you needed to do. Yeah, that totally leads into my second question, which is why did you become a marriage and family therapist? Uh, Yeah, because I was downloading articles about relationships. (laughs) (laughs) Because deep down inside, you're a a relationship nerd. (laughs) Exactly. I would go on like professors, like I'd go to their websites because sometimes they have like uploaded their studies. And then I would, I think I would actually print them off at work because I like to read things in print preferably. And then I would read them on the train. And I remember being like super excited to like, I'd have one for days pronounced in, in my bag and I'd be super excited to read them on the train. And one day I was like, oh, you know, you can actually like do this as a job. You don't have to like be a weird creeper, like trying yeah. to download some poor marriage marriage and family therapist professors, you know, <laughs> dissertation or whatever. That was me. I was that person. Magical. And then you <laughs> got to grad school and were like, why am I reading all these again? <laughs> <laughs> the reading is the fun part in grad school. It's, it's other things that are not so fun. In grad school. Yeah. There's quite a bit. <laughs> there's quite a bit. <laughs> oh, Okay. 
the last movie that made you cry from laughter? Oh, the last movie that made me cry from laughter. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm probably not going to remember the actual last movie. We watch a lot of movies, so they all get blended in my head. But the one that comes to mind for some reason, it's Game Night with Jason Bateman. And oh, I'm not going to remember the actress's name, but it's, it's a bunch of couples who get together for, for Game Night. And that movie's freaking hilarious. In my is it opinion. really? It is so, I almost cursed. It is so <laughs> freaking funny. We died laughing. Um, and it's just fun and stupid. Like, you know, you're, when you're getting into it, it's not going to be the serious thing. But I think we've talked about our mutual love of Jason Bateman before. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Quite a big fan. Exactly. So. Oh, and I haven't seen this. This is very exciting. This is really yeah. why I'm doing this. Like, things for me to go. All right. The last <laughs> movie that made you cry from sadness. The last movie that made me cry from sadness. Hmm. Or the movie that always makes you cry. So that's an easy one. Steel Magnolias makes me cry every single time without fail. Literally okay. put it on so that I can cry. <laughs> <laughs> it has a hundred percent success rate. Hundred percent success rate. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think the last, but that's like my sort of go-to sad movie. I'm trying to think the last movie that I was watching that actually made me cry. Uh, gosh, again, we watch so many movies and I'm just like, there's so many in my mind, but I'm like, did I actually cry? Just, did I just tear up a little bit? Um, (laughs) yeah, I'm not, I'm not good at remembering like what is the actual last time, but I can remember like really distinct times recently. So I feel like that's, that seems, (laughs) that's fair. We'll, we will accept that. That's close enough. Uh, we, my husband and I went to see, I am not your Negro the James Baldwin. Yes. And let me tell you, I mean, I cried and my husband cried, but there are points when they're just, the full theater is just sobbing, like just full on. Just everyone. Everyone around you is just openly weeping. And it's really good, but it is definitely (laughs) like you are, you are going to cry multiple times. You're not just going to cry once. You're going to cry repeatedly. I was not expecting that. I really wanted to see it. I haven't seen it. Now I'm like, wait, do I want to see it? Am I just going to cry? Really good. It is really good. But you will absolutely cry. Well, this is, thank you. Fair. This is a fair warning. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you don't cry, I'll have questions for you. <laughs> really. Then, then that will be a different episode. Right. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Easy one. You are the new editor of People Magazine. Who is on the next cover of the Sexiest Person Alive issue? I got to say, it's, well, not they stole it because it, it's Idris Elba. Like, Idris Elba <laughs> be the sexiest man alive and is the sexiest man alive. So justice has been righted and injustice has been righted, I think. Fantastic. Are you secretly moonlighting over at People Magazine? I don't know this. <laughs> yes, in all my spare time. And all your free time. I know. <laughs> Because there's not enough to do at work. <laughs> that, yeah, this is a good. Although I have to say, and I like a gray beard. I feel like I've moved him into this sort of sexy dad category, which I don't know if that qualifies him as sexiest man alive. 
I mean, I think Idris Elba, I, I don't know if you have this. This is probably just a weird me thing. There are people who I'm like, you're too sexy for me to actually, like, if I actually got the chance to sleep with you, I, it would just be too overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> like, please don't take your shirt off. Please. Just <laughs> no direct eye contact. Please. <laughs> Please just stand there and be hot. Like I can't. I don't. I can't. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Oh, and you know what I just realized is it is Idris Elba. It's basically the epitome of our differences in personal preference around sexiest men. Because we know I have a thing for Michael B. Jordan, who is a little bit young like he's young and he also like kind of has a baby face and yeah you do prefer a slightly older gentleman i do, I do yeah gentleman but i just yeah. uh, there is something about Idris Elba where it feels it feels like <laughs> just like not real <laughs> yeah it just feels like i don't know too much like i don't know i feel overwhelmed by by his hotness i think and and stateliness even though mm-hmm. He always seems very like personable and charming and kind of self-deprecating, which is exactly what you want in a sexy. Yes, in a sexy, yeah. It yeah. really, but it also only adds to the sexiness. And then what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I guess if I can't choose Idris Elba, I'm also going to choose somebody who's very, uh, very popular and very like not surprising, I guess. But Chris Evans, I really like mm, him. Yeah. That's a good call. Is it weird to say he reminds me of my husband? Not physically, but like as um, a person. Sure. I didn't, you can <laughs> say whatever you want to say. <laughs> he just seems so sweet and genuine. And I mean, it's probably all an act, but I just, he sells it. He, he sells it. And it sounds like you would absolutely let him take all of his clothes off. Yeah. I'd it would let not him. be. Yeah. I also feel the same way. So. Shout out to Chris Evans. If you ever want to be on the show, <laughs> you are the middle ground where Eric and I 100% agree. <laughs> just FYI. Also, I hope women just saying. <laughs> right. So clearly this is also another good reason to just give us a call. Drop us a line. <laughs> All right. Speaking of your weirdness, what is your most your weirdest or most unusual habit or yeah, habit or quirky thing that you do? Ooh, my weirdest thing that I can actually say on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) continue to have clients and you Uh is that I listen to ASMR. I think we've talked about, we have talked about this and I, I find it weird, but I will (laughs) confess that I have realized that, both of my children also listen to it. So maybe I'm the weird one. <laughs> <laughs> so for those who, who don't know, ASMR is like, basically it's like a broad category of relaxing sounds that like make your brain feel tingly sometimes. So it can be like watching somebody give a massage. It can be like just the sound of somebody's voice, like quietly talking. But at any given moment, if you are standing outside my office door, which you shouldn't because I do therapy in there most of the time. But when, <laughs> <laughs> when I'm not therapy in there, I'm like 80% of the time I'm listening to ASMR. So you'll hear like, and now we're going to 
Hoover hands down his cast. Probably sounds <laughs> This sounds, yeah, it sounds a little sexual. I'm not going to judge you, but <laughs> <laughs> they they don't all now move down his calf. Sometimes they do other things. <laughs> okay. This was actually, this was, it was a hard and interesting question for me to answer when you asked me. So I'm asking you, oh. I don't think you gave me a number, but I want to know five books that influenced your life the most or had the most, greatest impact on you. Oh God! I think I just said one for you, which I don't yeah. Know. But then I listed five, so I'm making you do what I did. <laughs> you are the boss, after all. Yep. <laughs> and this is how I exercise my. This is where I wield my power. Tell me five books. <laughs> five books, not one. Well, you did make us read a book recently for our for our people. I did. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So you are using your boss lady powers for books. That's Mostly for books. That's not a bad way to use your boss lady powers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be worse. You oh, know, worse. you could be like grooming Max or something. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I feel like I'm just really smart about how I choose to wield my authority. Things that won't you. make people want to leave. <laughs> he is so big. That would be a very daunting task. Yeah. So I would say, wait, five books that shaped me? Is that what I'm doing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I would say, oh, gosh, this where my brain just loses all words. <laughs> <laughs> you can start with one. One would be okay. <laughs> uh, so first would definitely be A History of Love by Nicole Krauss, mostly because it is just so incredibly beautiful and so incredibly smart. Um, it's so good. So good. So good. And the audio version is like so well done. Is it her reading it? Isn't Nicole Grass reading it? No, I don't think so. Oh. I don't think it's her. I can't remember who it is, but it's like, yeah, it was so good. Yeah. So yeah, that's like one of the best books ever in the history of the world, I think. <laughs> English language. Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. And I, I think that one just like is is so smart about like the way families work and the and the writing is just beautiful. So anyway, that's that one. The unbearable lightness of being and again is also just really smart and beautifully written, but really smart about like relationships, like romantic relationships and what it means to have a partner who's a womanizer and what it means like yourself in relation to other people that you care about. So that one, probably the book that like really, and I don't know what I'm going to say for those last two, because this is really <laughs> the book that really probably changed my life, I guess. Oh. Big claim becoming attached. So I'm going to blank on the author's name. I think it's Robert something, but it is a book yeah. about attachment. And, you know, I mean, you know about attachment. I do. It is an excellent, <laughs> it's an excellent book. Yes, it is so good. But I think I read it as I was deciding to, it's hard to remember now if I read it after I started applying to like grad school or before, but I, I read it like thinking about becoming a therapist. And thinking about like working with people and it, it was one of the, one of the things that pushed me over to fully like 
now I'm going to be a therapist and I'm going to work on like relationships. Mm -hmm. So, and then of course, like my own understanding of my own relationships was changed and broadened. So yeah, becoming attached is, is the shit, yo. It is Uh, the shit. That is a, (laughs) that's a, that's a really good sort of life changing book, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Thumbs up. Not that you should be by (laughs) approval. But if you thought you did, you got it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Middlemarch. So (laughs) when I read Middlemarch when I was in college and at the time I was very much obsessed with like the main character of that book, like wants to have like this very intellectual marriage. And it was very much what I thought I wanted and needed. And so it was a weird, like, I think it set the tone for me, like, that I, you need more than just like great intellectual conversations to be married to someone, which sounds obvious, but I really thought at the time that that was what you needed. Um, (laughs) Like, this is all that's necessary. Exactly. You just need to, there's some line in there, like, you know, like the great, a great relationship would be where your husband is a sort of teacher to you and you just learned from him. And I'm like, that is an aspect of a relationship that could be good, but not really the full. <laughs> the, probably not the whole, the whole shebang. You probably need a few, a little bit more. Right. <laughs> so yeah, Middlemarch kind of set the tone for being like, uh, maybe you need more than just like great intellectual conversation to have a life with someone. <laughs> oh God, this felt like a total weirdo. Uh, <laughs> And I don't know. Is four good? (laughs) Four is good. I will accept it. Four is good. And if, you know, and if listeners disagree, then, you know, send us messages and we'll force Erica to come up with a fifth book. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I could. It just would be, there'd be a lot of me sitting here going, "Uh." (laughs) (laughs) okay, easy. Dream vacation. You can go anywhere. Where were you going? Any of the places on my Pinterest board that have beautiful mountains and a beautiful lake? (laughs) Any of them? Just any of them? So, okay. That's a lot of places in the world, Erica. (laughs) That's all I really care about. Beautiful mountains, beautiful lake. (laughs) Okay. Maybe just like a world (laughs) tour of beautiful mountains and lakes. Sure. I mean, you know like traveling into like, I don't know, four years ago? I know. I know. Even accepting traveling as like a fun activity. It it really is a fun activity. These are lies. I swear it is. No, it's mostly about the stories that you have when you come back. And you have stories about how your luggage got lost and how you saw like a spotted leopard or something. Mm -hmm. And, you know. And in hindsight, they all sound great, but in reality, it was like stinky and hot, or <laughs> your luggage was lost, or <laughs> that's the reality. So often, that's the reality. I'm not gonna. I won't disagree with you there. Okay, let's see. Although you've just started recently enjoying travel, you've actually been to a couple of really exciting places, or several exciting places. Where would you like to go back to? Hmm. Hmm, that's a good question. Hmm. I think I have to go honestly. This is tough because this kind of violates my beachness. So there's I gotta say two places, if that's okay. 
Okay. Uh, it makes up for the missing book. <laughs> <laughs> One is Omaramagau in Germany, which is exactly what I just described in terms of like beautiful mountains. Actually, I'm sure there are lakes. There weren't lakes like right by our hotel, but it was, it's just gorgeous mountain, wonderful alpine. Wonderfulness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I could just like, I don't know, if I were wealthy, I could just have a home there and fly there whenever I wanted. That's um, <laughs> we just need to open a German office. We, can get a, <laughs> we can... open a German office. I'm all. I'm all in. <laughs> um, and then um, Tel Aviv. We went to Tel Aviv for a friend's wedding last Christmas, over Christmas, or right near Christmas, actually. And it was stupid fun. Like it was so much fun. And I don't know what it was, but like everywhere we went, I mean, literally everywhere, people bought us drinks. Like, we'd go to the coffee shop to get coffee, and the guy would pull out alcohol from behind the counter that he wasn't serving to anybody else. <laughs> no idea what it was, but, yeah, it was it was amazingly just fun, fun time. This sounds like the makings of a very fun trip. Yeah. <laughs> Every place you walk into, they're like, oh, Erica's here. Bring out the drinks. That's hilarious. Like, do you even serve alcohol? It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm going to give you some of my stash. Okay. <laughs> okay. I this is happening, but I accept it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say thank you. Oh, all right. What is your favorite city for food? Because I know you, you like a good meal. You. I mean, I think, hmm, honestly, well, besides DC, because I love eating here. It's great. Besides D.C., I could totally eat my way continuously through Savannah. Mm. I had a bad meal in Savannah. Everything was delicious. Really? Yeah. You know, I've never been to Savannah. It's so cute. And the food is so good. It's <laughs> uh, kind of all I need, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's really it. Yeah. I might have to get down there sooner rather than later. <laughs> that sounds perfect. Uh, okay favorite restaurant in dc because you do love to eat here true so my favorite restaurant in the area this is cheating a little bit my favorite restaurant in the area is probably republic which is in tacoma park okay delicious food and delicious drink my favorite restaurant in the city proper is probably dc harvest in my neighborhood oh. yeah i really like dc harvest it's delicious I did my birthday there last year. I don't know how old I am or what I'm doing. Yeah, I think it was last year. Oh, yes. But I was I couldn't make dinner. Yeah, I don't remember. What was I going? saw you after that. I don't remember either. I don't know what I was doing. I just know I saw you after. Yeah. 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 No. <sighs> this is very disappointing because I've never been there. Now this is, this whole entire episode is taking a turn to me just asking basically for recommendations. <laughs> Have you been to Republic? Have you been no, to- I haven't been to Republic. I've been to DC Heart. I've been anywhere. Oh my gosh. What are you doing? What are you I doing? don't know. Working. I'm not I managing my know. life well at all. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Two more questions. What do you wish people knew about therapy that you feel like they don't already know or that they get wrong? So I feel like my answer is kind of right for therapists but 
it is my answer. So I guess I'll say it anyway. Just got to um, go with it. <laughs> I, I wish that people understood. So I think it's like a combination of kind of two things. One is that therapy is not just talking. And the other is that therapy is like not one thing. I think it's, it's, it's confusing from the outside. And I was actually thinking about writing something about this, but I haven't been able to gather my thoughts. So we'll see if I can gather them. On this podcast episode. Here you go. We're going to do it right now. <laughs> I think that people sort of think that the idea is that you go in and you sort of talk about your problems and the therapist offers you advice. Or if they're working from like a really old concept of, I shouldn't say really old, but a Freudian concept of therapy, like you go in and, and you talk and the therapist just basically says nothing, right? right. Like those are kind mm-hmm. of things happen. But you do, I mean, I'm not going to go as far as like some people are like, well, therapists should never give advice. I don't think that's true. I don't <laughs> think that's true either. But I do, I, see, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Yeah. Like I definitely give advice. We definitely give advice. But advice is not our aim. Our aim is really to help you, to help people think about their problems differently or in a way that is actually helpful to them, whether that be in like individually or relationships or whatever, to like learn some new skills to address problems in new ways or more consistently or just, you know, ways that Mm -hmm. are more effective. You should leave therapy with a set of skills. Sometimes those skills are really like concrete and like worksheets and super manualized. And sometimes those skills are like more like things you need to remind yourself and are a little more, I guess, fuzzy. But therapy is about acquiring skills. Absolutely. I totally agree with this. Totally agree with this. All right. Final question. Are you ready? What legacy do you want to leave behind? Period. The end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is it. Oh, I guess. You know, in like question. 30 seconds, <laughs> tell us the meaning you would like your life to have on, you know, generations to come. No pressure. <laughs> Super cool. Um, God, that is a, uh, wow. Why did I, I asked you that question, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> Fuck bitches get money. Um <laughs> Cuz that's really the message that every therapist is out here. This is what we do. Absolutely. <laughs> I guess I'd want people to like all right, what kind of legacy do I want to leave? I think that I think with whatever is like, I mean, I grew up like super religious and I'm no longer religious, but one of the like biblical passages that still stays with me all this time, and I'm probably going to butcher the phrase of it, but it it stays with me. And I kind of how I try to live my life or how I try to think about my life in relationship to others, which is that it's basically for him that knows the good that he should do and does it not to him, that thing is a sin. And so it's like, if there was good you were supposed to do or good you were capable of doing and you didn't do it, like that's a sin, right? Like that's, that's not living up to your ability Mm -hmm. to do good in the world. And so I think for both like my own life and for, for others, like when I know that I can do good 
to try to actually do that. And like whatever power or control or agency I have over my own life to exercise that power or agency to not let that go to waste. And then where, wherever I can be helpful to other people to not let that go to waste, to, to try to do something about that. that. I like that. Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> In a very good way. Yeah. I would, if someone asked me, I would be like, yes, no, Erica totally lives like that. <laughs> so, you know, so far you're doing a really excellent job. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> all right. Well, this is it. Now you guys all know Erica. Hopefully you listened last week. You got to know me. Yeah. Yeah. Also none of Right. <laughs> Different podcasts. The higher Different. level. Exactly. Level yeah. You got to stick around for like season three and, you know, every, every season we'll do, we'll go a little deeper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, make sure you guys tune in for our next episode. Erica, thanks for letting me grill you with lots of deep philosophical questions. Like Pre- who is the sexiest man alive? <laughs> all right see you guys next episode bye so what'd you think of today's episode if you're listening in the anchor.fm app hit the button up at the top and leave us a message you can also send us messages on instagram or twitter at estherbmft and at ian flats You can send us your therapist problems, suggestions for read, listen, watch, or ideas for upcoming episodes. And with that being said, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, anchor.fm. Catch you in the next episode.